Let's get real. Who wants to have another surface level conversation? Not us. I'm Samantha. And I'm Christian. Two friends having raw but truth-filled conversations about the messiness of life. So buckle up and don't be shy. Because, yep, we're We're going going there. there. Hello. We are back with another fun episode in our series of what we wish we would have known in our 20s. Yay. Or I guess what we wish we would have known for now. Yeah, we are both technically in our 20s yeah, still. Yeah, yeah. So. so we are having fun interviewing people that are kind of reflecting back on 20s and what stands out in that age. And today we have Christine Simon with us. Yay. Yes, Christine works here at our church with us. But Christine, welcome. Thank you. We're glad you are here today. Tell us a little bit about yourself. What does life look like okay. right now? Yes. So I have been married for 31 years. I have four adult children, and this is actually a couple days out of uh, being an empty nester. So my youngest two just moved out of the house on Monday. Doesn't that feel so far for us with like little toddlers? But I'm sure you're like, no, that was just yesterday. No, it was supposed to be last year, but the pandemic brought two back into our house. There you go. go. So this year we're actually starting off this fall without our children in our house. And it's very empty, two empty bedrooms downstairs. But I also, I work at the Crossing and Crossing Kids, which is our children's ministry. And I oversee our staff team and kind of babies through fifth grade and everything that we do from family events to organizing Sunday morning and different parts of the ministry. So I love what I do. My gift's more in administration, and so I kind of get to use all those all those things in what I do. It's a huge yes, job. It's You're a great big at it. part of our church. If you have ever come to the crossing or been a part of it in any way, you know that our children's program here is just, I mean, unlike anything I've ever seen. Yeah, and so that's, awesome. that's all thanks to Christine and well, your team that helps for you. For sure, my team. Yes. yes. You have it, an is awesome a, tip. it is for sure the, the gifts of the body being used up yeah. and, and all of our volunteers. So, and then one other thing I started doing a few years ago was taking seminary classes. So I'm getting ready to start a class this fall. So oh, in a few go. weeks. So, so why? Cool. I've been taking one at a time, just, you know, as my kids got older and I had extra time, uh, it's been fun to dig in and just learn. So I'll be working towards a master's in theology. Cool. Okay. That's, That's awesome. awesome. Look at you. So yeah, today we are here to talk about worth and identity. We actually reached out to Christine because again, she's an awesome woman leader in our church, but obviously has years underneath of just a successful marriage and raising children and and she just is really wise. If you've ever spent time with her, she has a lot of wisdom to share. So we wanted to bring her on and we want to talk about identity and worth. And so tell us a little bit about like your story in how you have claimed your identity in Christ and what that's looked like over all the years. Okay. Well, so when I was younger, I would say like high school and early college, I definitely found my identity and my worth in the things that I was doing and in what people thought of me. So I was very active in a lot of activities and sports and just clubs at school, different things and and leadership. And I just, I felt like that's where I was seeking Mm -hmm. to be fulfilled and to find my identity. And then I came to actually college at Mizzou. And when I was a freshman and joined a sorority, I had some girls that shared just the gospel with me. And I became a Christian as a, you know, early in my freshman year. And I think getting into a Bible study right away and being around other Christians and hearing really good teaching began to open my eyes to what, what God had to say about my identity. And it really did make a big impact right away. Like, I feel like from right early on, I was able to see who God had made me to be 
and reflect on that and believe those promises. And then also the people in my life, the people I met. And then I kind of was thinking back over just like even people God had put in my life when I was younger. So like my grandfather, you know, I have a lot of freckles all over my body. But <laughs> I love when you're yes, a lot of the best. when you're young and you have freckles, you you kind of wish you didn't. Mm-hmm. You wish you had clear skin and especially when you're a teenager, you for sure wish you could cover it up. Yeah. And but my grandfather used to call them God's kisses and he used to tell me like this is something that's precious that God gave you. And so there's a little glimmer there of like seeing that this is something from God that God gave me. And then I had a really good friend in high school who loved Jesus, and even though I wasn't a Christian at the time, she really just encouraged me and loved me and saw things in me that I didn't even – and looking back on it now, I really see how God put her in my life as a, a solid person that helped me, pointed me to oh, who yeah. – Almost like championed that idea for you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as you're talking about your story and just hearing you say a freshman, I went to Target today and it's, we live in a college town and it's move in time for everyone. And I was feeling so annoyed and frustrated with all the college students today as I was trying to get my like stuff with my three-year-old at Target. But it is interesting hearing you say a freshman. I just feel like that's such a like special time of life where it really can shift the whole trajectory of like you're really figuring out what you believe for the first time. And I think it's cool to even hear your story and see how God like at that specific moment kind of started to shape I don't know your thoughts about who he was and then that kind of changed how you thought about yourself in light of the gospel and how God sees you so I don't know I just think that's a cool thing to think about as like we enter or if we're around people that age like kind of just coming into our 20s you know right before it's really an important time and I think we kind of miss that sometimes yeah that's awesome. I for sure agree with that. It's a very pivotal time yeah. when you're thinking you're away from your family for the first time and you're thinking about who am I? Where am I going to fit in? Who am I going to be in this new place? And yeah. Yeah. and so I was for sure wrestling through that, you know, in, in my sorority, but then also with just being a Christian and like learning what does this look like? And I feel like God used a lot of the just truths that he taught me during that time from his word that I still cling to, like mm-hmm. just his Like going to Psalm 139 has been always one of my favorite places to just go and rest and just see, you know, that he created my innermost being. You know, he made me, he loves me, and he put me together purposely in this way. And it's kind of funny because I have dark curly hair and when I was young, I always wanted to be blonde and straight hair. <laughs> don't we always want what we don't have? Absolutely. <laughs> and I had a good friend who obviously had blonde, straight hair. So I was always like, I wish I could have your hair. And, you know, this is back before there was a lot of products for curly hair. So my hair was very frizzy because there wasn't products. And yeah. so I would comb it and comb it and brush it, trying to make it as straight as possible. Which and it makes just, the curl like 10 oh, times worse. It was horrible. <laughs> it was horrible. Yes. And then perms came in, oh, you know, in the yeah. 80s. And Ooh, so yeah. then I... On top of my curly hair, I permed it. Oh, so then gosh. it was like even more frizzy. <laughs> oh, yes. It was just, oh, the Do things I did to my your hair. wedding? Or were perms out by that point? I'm trying to remember. Did I? No, that was, you know, there was the Farrah Fawcett days of the, oh. of the yes. feather. Yes. And I couldn't do the feather because of curly hair. So yeah. I tried. Yeah. Mm. Oh, but it was, <laughs> but no, I yeah, we should see a picture. When of that. I got married, it was in the hairspray where you, you pulled your hair up and you sprayed it and oh. it stuck up like this high. Oh, so it was yeah. like kind of the... Like a comb over yes. being thing. Oh, Interesting. Oh my gosh. So all those things that just... So I did want to be something different than I was, but yet I think as I was became a Christian and started hearing how God had made me, I started to 
really be able to see that this, he gave me this hair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He gave me these freckles. He gave me this body. I, you know, this yeah. is who he's given me, not just outwardly, but even inwardly, mm-hmm. like starting to learn like who I was mm-hmm. as a, you know, what are my gifts? What are the things that I'm good at? What are the things I'm not good at? You know, that came over time, obviously. Yeah. But Well, yeah. So take us into what did that look like a little bit more throughout your college years and then going into post-college and like now your marriage and raising children. Like how has that identity and you learning that about like who God says you are and all of those types of identities you also hold or like titles you hold as a mom and a wife? Yeah. I think at each stage it developed and it grew and you're always the first, the beginning when you first get married, there's all this awkwardness of just trying to figure out, you know, feeling who I was as a wife and wanting to please your husband and wanting to, you know, whatever. So, and then when you start having kids, there's a whole new thing, you know, because your body changes and you're giving your body to somebody else, like just in the sense of like caring for them so much that you just, it's hard to like, just feel content in what your body looks like, you know? But you're also, I I feel like I did wrestle with like, what does Keith want me to do? Like, or be, or, you know, kind of in your marriage, you want to please him in some ways you want to. And so I did wrestle with like, a little bit of like my weight, especially going through pregnancies. My first two were very close together. So like you, you didn't lose all the baby weight, the first ones, and all of a sudden you're pregnant again and just trying to, you know. So finding, keep going back to God's word and finding my my real identity and in, in who he says I was versus in what the world or even when I looked in the mirror, what I, you know, what I thought I should look like. That was always, I mean, I think that has been a wrestling thing through those early years of being married and having kids and we waited about five years to have our first child and so there were a lot of year, a lot of time of just the two of us but but then once you have your kids and you I don't know life it changes. changes a little bit yeah. yeah well and I think that's interesting because even going back to you saying like you know when you first became a Christian and you really were able to especially like Psalm 139 where you're able to read that and even as you were saying that I was like yeah when I'm reading scripture like that are really clinging to the truth about my identity in Christ, it's easy to believe that. But it's like, especially in our culture now, the second you veer from that, your own human nature kind of comes in. And so I love how you said you didn't, you know, just learn that once and never struggle with it again. It's like once you were kind of walking through those things, you knew that you needed to go back to that truth. And I think that should be our biggest takeaway because I mean, like I said, especially nowadays with Instagram and all the things that we're even battling more so with constantly seeing this quote unquote, like perfect image of who we're supposed to be. I mean, the second we open our phone on Instagram, we're seeing that it's like, how do we practically battle that? And it has to be going back to that truth over and over or else I don't think there's any way you can. Yeah, no, I have no clue how. I mean, what is the statistic of like how many messages we receive a day? And if we're not starting off, I recently heard this like thing of like, you don't go into a game. Like if you're an athlete, you don't go into a game without talking to your coach first. Like that never happens. Like you would obviously talk to your coach and then like go play the game because they're the ones like making the calls, directing your steps, like telling you what to do. They see like the bigger picture of the game and like how your role plays in that game. And I thought, oh my gosh. And so this lady was saying like, no, you have to go to the word like in the morning every single day because like how else are you going to live your life or quote unquote play the game if you've not like talked to the coach first? And I'm like, that is good. Yeah, this is kind of a side question that I just was thinking about. Do you remember or like as you're looking back at those years 
can you sense this gradual increase in like, let's do more to our bodies. There's more offered easily accessible for anyone to kind of be whoever they want to be by doing this procedure, this product. Like, have you felt that increase or maybe? I think it's more accessible to people than it was when I was younger, for sure. So I don't know, like personally, I think I shared this before with you, Christian, but this I couldn't have, like in my college days and even early marriage, like I just couldn't afford to have done things. And so I think there's the whole sense of like, can you afford to Mm -hmm. buy even just certain kinds of makeup or, you know, things that take away wrinkles or, you know, even the simpler things, let alone, you know, surgeries or other things that you can do. So, and even like, but I think it's just more, maybe it's that we do have more spending money and that we also, it's just, it's more acceptable. Like our culture tells us this is, you have to do this. It's almost the norm now versus it maybe being like a little bit outside of the norm if someone did a cosmetic procedure. Now it's almost like you don't do that. Right. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah. And that's so true. And you talk about like social media and all the ways that I'm able to see, I mean, 2,500 other women in one day if I really want to. I mean, I could jump on Instagram and look at 25 other hairstyles than what I have on my head, and I could get so envious. And so I do think it's way more accessible to get the actual products, but it's also just more acceptable to, like, know more Mm -hmm. or accessible to know more about, you know, what is the trendy thing or what product can I buy? Oh, for sure. Or how can my hair look or whatever? My gosh, when I was younger, it was magazines. I mean, or TV. You were watching TV or it was magazines. There wasn't, you know. Mm -hmm being able to get on your phone or your the internet or whatever and just see everything. So so obviously, like we are talking about, you know, being in God's Word daily, that's where you're finding and where you're reminding yourself. Again, it wasn't this like, yes, yeah, so you did have this time of like, wow, I'm really gaining a lot of knowledge of like who God says I am. And like you felt like your heart was like getting, you know, was clinging to that. And that's like an amazing gift that God's obviously given you. But what has that looked like? What are some tangible things that over the years – Like, how have you reminded yourself of your worth and identity when you are questioning that? Or what are some maybe tangible ways that you've, like, extended those beliefs or tried to help your daughter do that? Or, like, what are some tangible things that you've done? Obviously, the biggest thing is going into God's Word and really reflecting. I even, I wrote down a few of the places where I really go a lot. Like I said, Psalm 139 or Philippians 4, where it talks about, you know, I've learned to be content in every situation. Paul's talking about that, but I think that's true of even... I would need to be content with where I am and who God has made me to be. And then like Ephesians 1, where it talks about just God's given us everything we need and every spiritual blessing and just I don't need other things to make me complete. Or I love Zephaniah 3.17, where it talks about the Lord is with you and he takes great delight in you. Mm-hmm. And just knowing that God delights in us as we are and who we are. And just also all the passages that talk about being a child of God, just knowing that we've been chosen and who we are. He loves us. He's made us. So going back to those truths, but I think it was in 2014, I read a book called 1000 Gifts by Ann Boskamp. And it was really helpful for me to just think about writing down things I'm thankful for. And I started a journal then, and I still do this every morning, kind of Monday through Friday, but I I take time to think about the day before and write down things I'm thankful for and what it's done for me. And then when I get to a thousand, I actually go back and read through the last thousand. And it's been really helpful for me to just see like being thankful has made me more content Mm -hmm. and it's made me be content, not just about who I am and what he's doing in my life, but like the things he's given me or the things he hasn't given me. Mm -hmm. 
the hard and the good. And I think that has really helped me to keep my focus on who I am, where my worth comes from, that he's the giver of these good gifts and it keeps my focus on him. So it's probably cool that over time you're able to look back at this journal and also see like, oh, I wanted this at this point. Like I remember desiring X if it was like a tangible thing or just like whatever, a heart in a certain characteristic or something. But like he gave it to you at this specific time. Like I'm sure there's been times when you've read back and you're like, oh, I can see how he was like holding out until this time because he said that this was the perfect time for that gift to me or whatever. That's awesome. So obviously we've been talking a little bit about like beauty and, you know, I think as women we have just a desire sometimes to obviously like we want to make ourselves look pretty and we want to feel good and look pretty. You know, you and I have talked before about this idea that like those things aren't wrong, you know, getting ready and feeling pretty and doing your hair and makeup and wanting wanting your husband to yes, find you attractive. Yes, those yeah. things aren't bad. But like you have talked about this idea of like it's all about the heart behind that. And so that can come from like an insecure place, but it can also just come from like an expression of who we are. Can you like talk to that a little bit? Sure. Yeah. I do think it's okay, like to want to do your hair and to look at well. And like, I've kind of chosen to let my hair go gray, but I'm not against anybody who doesn't want that to happen, you know, but I've, so I've, I think I've made a conscious choice just to be like, well, and also Keith actually has kind of given me permission to do that. He's like, I like it natural. I want you to be that way. So that's, that. that's been easy to do that then. Yeah. And also when you have dark hair, it's like your highlights. Yeah. But anyway, I do think that when you're thinking about your identity in terms of coming from a place of insecurity, I think you're going to seek it for the wrong reasons. I think you're going to want to please other people or to spend way too much money or to be finding satisfaction in things that really aren't true satisfaction, that aren't really going to fulfill you and where you're going to find worth and true value. And so I think that sometimes we need to ask ourselves, like, why do I really want to change this? And what am I really seeking? And and if it really is, I mean, it's hard because there are times when you get like, I just want something new to wear yeah. today, or I want to, you know, freshen up my hair. And, yeah. and it makes you feel good. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. You just have to kind of check yourself, like, why am I doing this? And is this something that pleases the Lord and what he would want for me? And, and am I doing it in a place of like, yeah, I'm content with mm-hmm. who I am and how God's made me? Or am I doing it out of And I think that can even go into like health and wellness. I mean, it could go into like, well, do I work out every day because I want my body to look good because I want people to comment on how good I look? Or do I want to work out every day because I know that this is the body God gave me and I want it to function and work well because I know that he is a God of like good things and he created my body to work, you know? And so I do think it's all about like this heart place of, you know, how am I thinking about that? And like, why am I pursuing those Mm -hmm. things? Absolutely. For sure. It can get, I mean, it can be like an easily, like a slippery slope, but I think if you're not checking yourself for sure. So if you had to go back in to all of your years of just understanding this identity and worth about like who God says you are and what that's looked like over, you know, again, through all of the roles you play in life and just all of your years, what would you tell yourself back in your 20s? What would you wish you would have known? I think the biggest thing is just that true contentment isn't going to be found in seeking after the things that were outward, Mm -hmm. but more the inner beauty of finding my contentment and who I am in Christ and believing the promises and the truths that I learned from his word. I think that's what I wish I, 
you know, what I'd want to be true of me and finding that more consistently, mm-hmm. believing that than trying to seek it other places. So mm. I feel like we've all been told growing up, it's like, it doesn't matter who you are on the outside. It matters what's on the inside. But as I've gotten older, you see that that's so true because Outward beauty can go a little bit, but when you meet someone who has that inward just joy and that deeper contentment that you can like tangibly feel almost, it really does create this sense of like beauty in them and this like confidence that, you know, doesn't just come from within. It comes from like God and you can sense that. And I think people are drawn to that and that ultimately brings God glory. So that's really good. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, Christine, thank you so much for all of the wisdom you shared with us. I loved all the verses you shared and the book recommendations. So we'll make sure to put that in our show notes. So check those out if you want some resources as well to remind yourself of who you are in Christ. Hey, thanks for going there with us. If you loved what you heard, don't forget to follow along with us at Going There, the podcast. And it also means so much to us if you subscribe to our podcast and shared it with a friend. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon.